From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. The Senate passed legislation to combat opioid abuse on October 3rd by a vote of 98 to 1. That followed House passage on September 28th by a 393 to 8 margin. It marks perhaps the most significant bipartisan achievement of 2018 and an important policy victory for lawmakers. My guest today is Sandia Rahman, the CQ reporter who's covered the legislation. Welcome, Sandia. Thanks for having me. So, Sandia, we can see with the first vote today on the Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, um, just how much distrust there is between the parties. Why did they work together on this? This has just been such a huge issue that's really affected every district, Republican or Democrat, across the country. Um, Opioid addiction is just such a big issue that's been killing so many people per year that it would be a disservice to their constituents if they didn't come home before the elections and say, we've done something to address this topic. So what are opioids and why are they such a problem? Opioids are a type of narcotics, and they encompass a lot of different drugs. There are the prescription opioids that you can get from your doctor. There's heroin. There's synthetic opioids that um, are a lot more, a lot stronger and found on the black market. It's a whole class of drugs. And has doctors had been prescribing more and more of prescription opioids for like pain. Oxycontin, yeah, Percocet. Oxycontin, Percocet, those kinds of things. Um, people were getting more and more addicted due to the number of prescriptions that had been given to them. They're very good at killing pain, but they're also highly addictive. They are very highly addictive. And doctors were kind of encouraged to give larger amounts of prescriptions and what patients really needed when they might have only needed a few pills rather than 60 days worth for something. So I hear that the root of the problem was in the prescriptions, but that many addicts have gone on to illegal opioids like uh, heroin or fentanyl. Yeah, that's definitely become a bigger problem. The most recent CDC data has shown that the majority of the opioid overdose deaths are coming from synthetic drugs like fentanyl, um, even though a lot of these people have started with prescription drugs. And how bad is the problem? How many people are dying? So last year, uh, about 72,000 people died of drug overdoses in the U.S., and over half of them were from opioids of some sort. And what does the legislation do about it? The legislation looks at a different, many different angles. It looks at prevention. It looks at treatment and research. And it's a, composed of so many different provisions, but um, it really looks at it from a lot of different angles. Okay. So Rob Portman, the Ohio Republican senator, was a driver behind this legislation. A uh, provision that he wanted makes the Postal Service search or examine packages coming from overseas to make sure that they don't have fentanyl in them. This drug, fentanyl, is growing and growing rapidly. I will tell you, in Ohio, we had about a 4,000% increase in fentanyl overdose deaths just in the last five years. Let me repeat that, a 4,000% increase in deaths from fentanyl. Now about two-thirds of our overdose deaths in Ohio are due to this synthetic form of opioids. And by the way, this stuff is coming from overseas, mostly through our U.S. mail system. Outrageous that this is being permitted without the proper screenings. So there were already provisions in place that kind of made 
places like FedEx um, and private shipping companies uh, look at things that came in the mail a little bit more carefully. And the legislation at hand would make anything coming through the U.S. Postal Service uh, search for things like fentanyl so that they can prevent them from coming overseas because places like China have been shipping a lot of them over and they haven't been able to really stop that. And another issue, uh, another thing in the bill is it would increase the number of beds available in treatment centers for people who are suffering from addiction. Is that right? Yeah. So this was a big issue that also came uh, mainly from Rob Portman and a few other senators and members on the House side. Previously, there was legislation um, in place that prevented Medicaid reimbursement for inpatient facilities that had more than 16 beds. It's kind of an arbitrary kind of archaic rule. It, it dated, I think, from what I understood, to the time when mentally ill people were warehoused in facilities and they and we wanted to get away from that. Yeah, it's a very old rule that just hasn't really been addressed. And so this legislation would allow someone to stay for up to 30 days within a year and get inpatient uh, treatment for any substance use disorder, not even just opioids. You're listening to CQ on Congress. You can subscribe to this podcast on all your favorite podcast apps, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and NPR One. My guest today is Sandia Raman, and we're talking about passage this week of legislation to combat opioid abuse. Back to you, Sandia. Experts in the treatment of opioid addiction say that anti-addiction medication, like and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this right, buprenorphine is crucial to helping addicts. Um, does the bill do anything to increase their availability or make it easier to prescribe them? Yeah, there is a provision from House member Paul Tonko um, that would make it easier for different types of health professionals to prescribe buprenorphine and other types of medication-assistant treatment. Um, and so it would expand it beyond just doctors um, to like certified nurse professionals and, um, and some other types of health providers. So many say that the companies that developed prescription opioid painkillers, like Purdue Pharma, the maker of OxyContin, bear some of the blame here because they, the, the critics say they didn't adequately warn of the addictive nature of their products. Does the bill punish them in any way or the bill doesn't really punish them at all. It doesn't really address that. But the House Energy and Commerce Committee earlier this year did have a hearing and kind of ask a lot of the heads of these kinds of companies, you know, about their role in the crisis. And states are, are state attorneys general or people, is there any litigation going on surrounding? There's, there's a lot of litigation with different states kind of trying to hold these different companies accountable, but there's nothing in the legislation that just passed. It raises the question, what about the Food and Drug Administration, the federal agency that approves drugs? Um, is there any look at how they approved all these drugs and let the, the problem arise? That's also not in the legislation. What about the doctors who prescribe them or the pharmacies who've, who've doled them out sometimes in mass quantities? So there's not as much punitive stuff in the legislation, but what they do have is uh, uh, a provision that looks at reducing the amount of initial prescriptions that people would get. It would come in kind of a blister pack, kind of like gum, that for your initial time of getting opioids for whatever type of pain, um, it would reduce it to a smaller amount so that doctors would give you a smaller amount in your first time. Okay. Democrats, led by Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren and Maryland Representative Elijah Cummings, say that much more is needed than this legislation. 
And they have proposed their own bill, which is based on a 1990 law credited with containing the AIDS epidemic. It was named for Ryan White, who died at the age of 18 after contracting AIDS from a blood transfusion. So what do Warren and Cummings have in mind? So they want to uh, send $100 billion over 10 years to the various states to kind of address this problem holistically. And it has the support of some Democrats, but there are no really Republicans that have gotten behind their legislation, which is kind of why it hasn't gone anywhere um, in either chamber. The Democrats are basically saying that the legislation that just passed, well, it has some good provisions, doesn't have enough money. Yeah, the, the legislation at hand does not appropriate uh, new money to really address this crisis. And Warren and Cummings would like to see a large amount sent to the states to kind of address this program from the trenches. And you've written about how uh, a lot of public health experts, too, say that much more is needed here. Yeah, a lot of the experts that I've talked to uh, support the legislation from Warren Cummings and just donate, giving more to the states to kind of address this problem and communities that are experiencing more of a problem than others because it varies state to state what type of opioid is, is a problem and kind of how they need to address it. Okay, Sandia. So just to wrap up, the legislation, which we expect President Trump to sign shortly, We'll make some changes at the Postal Service. They'll be looking for fentanyl coming through the mail. It will increase the availability of treatment beds, and it will make it easier to prescribe anti-addiction medication. Is there anything else that, uh, is, that we can expect to come out of this? There are a few other things. They're looking to accelerate research to find non-addictive painkillers to kind of replace opioids um, and a few other things that uh, changes to Medicaid and Medicare to kind of prevent addiction in those programs and the people that use them. Thank you for coming on our show, Sandia. Thank you for having me. I am Sean Zeller. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast apps, such as iTunes, NPR One, Stitcher, and Spotify. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at RollCall.